the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are the former pastor of Skyline Church down there in La Mesa, California, which is right outside of San Diego. How long were you at that church? 23 years. 23 years. And uh, you and I just we kind of met each other just because we're both pastors in California, and we both grew up in, in uh, Kansas. We both pastor in California. We both like to read, but you have a whole lot more hair than me. You know that, right? <laughs> And you have a lot more muscle than me. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. I don't know about that. But uh, I've been involved a little bit with your life and in, 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 in just in ministry. We've done some stuff together. I've, I've preached for you, and you've preached for me up here in Los Angeles. But you're one of those guys that, ha- that has a balance between being a pastor of a church and also being involved in, in politics, which a lot of people think that that's not supposed to happen. Uh, you're a pulpiteer, a pastor, a preacher, and yet you still are very involved in politics. And 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 I I guess my first question is how did you get started uh, being involved in politics? Because if you're like me, when you went to Bible college, and like most most pastors, you go uh, you you went into ministry because you just wanted to lead a church and make a difference in the kingdom of God. How did you how did you get plugged in and involved so heavily in politics? Well, first of all, it's not really politics. I'm involved in government. Okay. That's, that's a biblical mandate. Okay. Politics is kind of whoever gets elected every two years. But government is establishing on earth that which God ordained through his precious word. It was, And my story is a kind of a strange one. It was, uh, I'm not a young guy. It was August the 13th of my ninth year. I was nine years of age. I can tell you right where I was in that Kansas farmhouse, huh. and when a governmental anointing came upon me. Now, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know how to label it. I didn't use that label until decades later. But that moment, it changed me, and I was watching the Democratic National Convention, of all things. Adlai Stevenson was nominated to run against Dwight Eisenhower that year, 1956. And in that moment, an anointing came upon me, and I watched the news governmentally, for information governmentally and in biblical application every day from that day on. I hardly missed a single day. And involved as a pastor, was involved with many, many people who ran for office, uh, would come alongside, try to bless them, encourage them, try to guide them scripturally. Uh, I'd invite Democrats, Republicans, and Independents to our church to introduce them, uh, and they'd have to sit through two sermons. <laughs> they'd meet our people after that, sit through two sermons on the biblical understanding of government. <laughs> and so... Uh, that's how I got into it, and once I stepped out of full-time pastoring, then went full-time with our ministry in Washington, D.C., at the United Nations in New York City, at the Knesset in Jerusalem, and then meeting with heads of state whenever we can around the world. Jim, when you think about what's going on in the world, around the world, in our country, uh, I, you know, I'm a pastor, but to the, I, I just think to the average person, we think this world is is literally out of control or crazy or upside down. When you look at the world in general, what's going on in our country in general, what goes through your mind and, and, and through your heart? Well, here's it just was 
look at governmentally, and let's take the 35,000-foot view if we can. Okay. It's God who first thought of government. It's he who came up with that idea. God establishes government. God establishes nations. And he loves us so much, he put into his book the biblical principles of governance. And to the extent that a nation will follow the biblical principles of governance, to that extent, human pain, suffering, and poverty will drop and decrease. To the extent that a nation violates the principles, the biblical principles of government and economics and cultural issues, to that extent, human pain, suffering, and poverty skyrockets in the country. That is true of every country of the earth right now. And so the, uh, the, the key of the issue is to help people understand scriptural application. Let me go back to your earlier question, which was really intriguing. This issue of pastor politics, that doesn't seem to fit together. I had a guy say to me one time, he said, that, Jim, I'm not in politics like you. He was another pastor. Now, he and our friends, but nonetheless, he was, he was saying it kind of condescendingly to me. I said, wait a minute, my problem with you, I'll call him Dave, not his real name, my problem with you, Dave, is not that you're not in politics. My problem with you is that you're not biblical enough. Let me ask you a question. If I was a slave, uh, would I want my slave owner in 1860 in the south part of the United States, would I want my slave owner to go to a Dave's church or Jim's church? The answer is Jim's church, because Jim will address the, the evil of slavery and mm. racism. Mm. Or if I was a, a, a baby in the womb of a 14-year-old scared little pregnant teenager who lived near Planned Parenthood, would I want that girl to go the Jim Church or Dave Church? The answer is Jim's, because Jim will address the issue of abortion and try to save the life of that baby. What some people call political is actually not political at all. It's biblical. I'm ordained through the Wesleyan denomination. We were founded as a radical abolitionist group right before the Civil War for the purpose of our churches were one day's journey apart in the South to help smuggle the slaves out of the South into the North. And they accused all those pastors of being too political. Mm. But now we know they were just being biblical. And the first Women's Right to Vote conference was held in the Wesleyan Church, 1848, in Seneca Falls, New York. That pastor was accused of being too political. He wasn't. He was being biblical or scriptural. Once we see the application of biblical truth to current governmental situations, we won't label it political and condescending. We'll realize, oh, we long for God's truth to be manifested through the capitals, the state capitals, the country capitals, through every state legislature, every mayor in, in all of our of our cities in our nation. Mm. So you pastored for many, many years. You stepped down uh, from the Skyline Church, and you began this ministry called Well-Versed, I, I, and your website is wellversedworld.org. My name is Dudley Rutherford from Shepherd Church, but I'm here talking to Jim Garlow, who leads this ministry called WellVersedWorld.org. And Jim, tell us exactly what that ministry is all about, why you founded it, and, and why sh someone should be getting involved with you as far as following along and being a part of your ministry. Well, thank you so much for that privilege. WellVersed has a goal, a simple goal, to bring biblical principles of governance to government leaders. Uh, George Barna, a number of years ago, discovered that 90% of pastors agreed that the Bible speaks to all the cultural, political, and social issues of the day. But in that same survey, when asked if they would preach on those issues, 90% of them said they would not. Two years later, he did a survey asking laypersons, do you speak out on the issues? They said, no, we don't, because we don't know what to say. So I wrote a book called Well-Versed, which outlines the biblical foundations to 30 political topics. I could have done a lot more. We had to cut 12 chapters out. The book was too, too big. Uh -huh. And so 30 political topics. So 
it's not just abortion and marriage. It would be uh, welfare, health care, uh, minimum wage, Social Security, immigration. Every issue you can think of right now, every issue you can think of, there's a biblical foundation that God established in his word. And let me remind us, to the extent we'll follow the word of God and biblical principles, human pain, suffering, and poverty would be vastly reduced. So we, we started Bible studies for members of Congress, and then we have Bible studies in the United Nations in New York City. We just were up there last month and met with a, a group of, of, of ambassadors. Now, when you think of the United Nations, you don't think of a godly place, and I understand that. But we want to take the Word of God wherever we can. And we've been privileged to have, so far, six Bible studies in the Knesset, in the parliament in Jerusalem. My wife's been to Israel 71 times. And then we've had the privilege of meeting with 10 heads of state, the president or prime minister king of Jordan, Egypt, Israel, Kurdistan, Guatemala, Honduras, Brazil, Bolivia, uh, and, and a number of times with President Trump when he was in, I served on the President Trump State Advisory Board back in the day. And so our goal, and then we meet with members of parliament or members of Congress wherever we can to bring biblical principles of governance to encourage them understand what the Word of God says about how community, a state, or a nation is supposed to run. So you think you're making a difference in some of the leaders of our country as well as leaders of other countries? Well, I'll let God be the judge of that. I, I'm certainly trying. Can, can you give us a couple of uh, just like illustrations of, of, uh, of the fruit, well, of the fruit that you've seen? Well, I'll give a couple examples. Yeah, well, just recently we were in D.C. Uh, now, this took a little different turn. Instead of actually addressing biblical principles, members of Congress that are godly, and there's a lot of people don't realize, there's a lot of wonderful godly members of Congress. I'm not saying the majority by any stretch, nothing like that, but there is a substantial remnant there, and we were just with them, prayed with them. Some of them began to openly weep and cry as we prayed encouragement uh, over them and what they're, what they're facing. Some of the questions they asked were, were, were so encouraging, and they encouraged one another. We found the same thing to be true when we were at the United Nations. I'll just mention a couple things that are very encouraging on the international scene. Okay. If you want to look at the history of Hungary, we have that's probably the most biblically grounded government in the world. Of the 193 member nations of the United Nations, Hungary is probably the most. Now, every government is flawed, and every leader is flawed, so I, I get that. But uh, the, the Prime Minister, Viktor Orban, in Hungary, the policies he's following are the most distinctly Christian of any country, and close behind it, this will surprise people, Guatemala. We met with Jimmy Morales, the previous president. We met just recently uh, with President Jaramonti, the current president, and 28 members of his Congress, and they're fiercely committed to biblical principles, even though our own U.S. State Department put pressure, enormous pressure on these countries not to follow biblical principles. That's a whole other whole topic. It's a tragic topic. But there are countries... Uh, Poland, Czech Republic, uh, particularly those countries, even some breakthroughs in Ukraine. I was supposed to be speaking there this next week, and I canceled it because of all the all the conflict in this world over COVID, COVID and vaccines and all that stuff. So I had to postpone it. And it was over there for three countries, to be with three countries. But even the breakthroughs in countries like Ukraine, you don't think of that as being one. But the breakthroughs spiritually are happening there. We get to be cheerleaders uh, to them. I was over there and spoke to a thousand elected officials a couple years ago. Wanted to be back with them, quite frankly, this next month. They're not going to be able to make it. There's just a number of good things. Brazil, uh, Yair Bolsonaro is giving incredible leadership. 
Now, there are some painful stories where people have risen up uh, profoundly. Janine Añez, the president of, of Bolivia, and then the communists take it, took him, came in and took her, and they've thrown her into prison, and she's suffering right now. That was the president we met with uh, a year or two ago. Uh, so there's some painful stories like that of reversals. But it's encouraging to see when we sometimes put calls together with a lot of leaders from all across Latin America, members of Congress or Parliament, and then sometimes you go to the European events. It's encouraging to see that undertow of God's presence working in all of these places. And Jim, how how uh, uh, I'm talking to Jim Garlow here of uh, WellVersedWorld.org Ministries. Jim, uh, how has God? How do you see God directing? How does He give you favor to get into these places where none of us have seemed to ever been or ever will be? Well, I, I don't have the kind of clout or connections to do what I just said. I, I'll just be straight up honest. I don't want to spin this. It's amazing. But I get obviously God opens doors. I knock on doors. I mm-hmm. knock on doors long and, and until things open up. Then I look for those opportunities. You know, meet someone like I met the Ukrainians. Um, that one initially he came seeking me out. That opened the doors to meet many others. I went over there. I didn't get to meet with the president that first time, but they just invited me back to meet with President Zelensky right now. Uh, I, I, I can't get there. A door opened to meet with the president in another Eastern European country. I'm a little hesitant to say the countries. Uh, so as the, and I, I work with several other people, Joel Rosenberg has opened some, Mario Bromick has opened some, uh, Mike Evans has opened some. Whenever guys open doors and some, we go as a small delegation, generally about four, five, six, ten, twelve of us will will go, and we have particular meetings. It was God ordained to just give us the president of Egypt, Al Sisi. Uh, Joel Rosenberg put that together the first time ever he'd met with evangelicals ever, and King Abdullah II in Jordan, and then. The trip to Kurdistan to meet with Marzoni there. Uh, these were just, all I'd say they're God moments because I don't have that degree of clout. And where a door does open, I knock on that door, I form relationships, ask the Lord to open the door and be able to fund it for us so we can go and bless them. We encourage them to stand firm with the Word of God. We encourage them to stand firm, protection of life in the womb, stand firm with defense of one man, one woman marriage, stand firm with Israel, which will release blessings upon them, and walk through whatever biblical principles we possibly can in the moments that uh, we have with them. You, and you have a, a you operate out of California, San Diego. Are, are you spending more time in Washington D.C.? Has COVID changed we were, all this? Uh, we're, we're out of San Diego. We were on the road continually till COVID. We were. Uh, uh, either Europe, Latin America, New York City, or Washington D.C. almost, uh, almost continually, uh, meeting where we could with government leaders. Just wherever God opened the doors, we went. Now we were, and then COVID, of course, brought that to a halt. So we had to change our strategy. We did a whole lot by Zoom. We all get kind of zoomed out after a while, and we 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 broadened our focus. If they'll go to WellVerse, that's verse with the D, WellVerseWorld.org. We brought the focus to not just merely bringing biblical principles of governance to government leaders, but we added, and to the people who elect them. In this last year, 2020 and 2021, have been the most catastrophic years in the history of America outside of the Civil War. We've never seen this kind of turbulence. We used to point back to 1968 as the most violent turbulent year, but now that we've far exceeded 1968. So this is turbulent as the Civil War period and beyond in terms of radical changes. So we have found ourselves 
trying to be opinion shapers and makers as much as we can with the people who go to the voting booth, because we want them to take Jesus with them to the voting booth. Mm. We want them to take the scriptures in their mind and their heart, and they vote radically biblically. I know that sounds foreign and strange to some, and so they, we have the application of the biblical applicationalism. In other words, the Bible, everybody knows the Bible speaks to our personal issues in life. They know it speaks to family issues in life. Everybody gets that. They know it speaks about the structure of congregational or church life. But here's the part that 99% of Christians don't grasp. The Bible speaks forthrightly to how government is supposed to function. God didn't just invent government, put nations together, they go, well, golly gee, I forgot about that old government thing. No, he has unbelievable brilliance. He's smarter than I am. He's smarter than all of us. And he has undergirding principles, which must be there. It's like Bible, it's like economics, for example. People are being impacted in their pocketbooks severely right now. Mm. There are five things, basically, uh, that, that need to be present scripturally uh, in a society that is going to function on biblical economics. And when they're there, people are blessed. Another friend of mine has written a book, and he lists 78 principles. <laughs> I can't remember the five. So my point is that the biblical truth is God has laid out, and to that extent we follow it, we reduce human pain, suffering, and poverty. What's happening in Afghanistan right now is because scriptural principles were violated and have been for a long time. And now we're seeing this avalanche of come to a culmination of such suffering in that place. Jim, I, w- Jim, to- Jim I want to talk a little bit about uh, what's happening in uh, Afghanistan after our break. Um, and I, I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, we're talking to Jim Garlow. Uh, he, again, he wrote this book called Well-Versed, and you can find it wherever you buy your books, uh, online, any of the Internet stores. Uh, I just encourage you to go look up Jim Garlow, Well-Versed, the book, and read that book. And um, as he just talked about, we're going to move into uh, this topic of Afghanistan Jim, I don't know if you know this, but uh, my daughter, I think you do, my daughter has been suffering with COVID, and I know for a fact uh, your wife died of cancer uh, after you've been married for 42 years, and, and you you were then able to remarry, and I want to talk about how you kind of went through that just briefly, and, and talk about your new wife, Rose, Rosemary Schindler. And uh, we're gonna, we're, we've got a lot of things still to talk about, so please stay with us. This is Dudley Rutherford, pastor of Shepherd Church. I'm your host all week long, and I'm here on the KKLA Afternoon Show here at 99.5 FM. Oh, that song talks about how when trials are pouring down on you that you you lean in on God and the, the greater the trial, the more you lean. And, um, I've kind of been going through a tough time. My name is Dudley Rutherford and I'm the pastor at Shepherd Church up here at the San Fernando Valley. And I'm so thankful to be with you there in San Diego and in Los Angeles, uh, this hour. And, uh, I've currently been talking to Jim Garlow, who is a San Diegoan and who has a ministry called Well-Versed. And we've been talking about uh, his ministry and how the Word of God can make a difference in all all segments of life, uh, most importantly, uh, not just personally, but in the government uh, in which we live. And that's what his ministry, that's what, he, that's what he does, what he's involved with. And 
Jim, I, my, I, my heart is extra heavy today because my daughter's uh, been in the hospital for COVID. She's on her, her about 11th day, and she's about two weeks from delivering a baby. She's got pneumonia in her lungs, and, and uh, she's got some clotting going on, and they're thinking about taking this baby out. And um, if they take the baby out, they, that, uh, they've, they've got to send the baby home, uh, which means the baby will be at, probably at my house with me and my wife, with the other two, uh, the two-year-old and the four-year-old that we're watching right now because she's in the hospital. It's just a tough time, and it just seems like, uh, you know, everybody everybody suffers. Uh, there's no one on this planet that doesn't go through difficult times. And, um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I've been so connected with your life. I know that your wife, Carol, after 42 years of marriage, that she passed of cancer in 2013. I was kind of with you through some of that. And, uh, you know, I, I, not, not just to me, but to anyone who's listening today uh, in our world, in our city, that's suffering, uh, just anything that you've learned through by walking through some of those those trials and feeling that downpour of trial and, and knowing that God is with you and seeing you will see you through that trial. Well, I, in my heart, really, I, I read the post last night that you put on Facebook regarding your daughter last night. I tell you, I can tell you right where I was sitting, it hit me so hard. Mm. Sitting across the table from my wife, she was on her computer. I said, Rosemary, listen to this. And I read it out loud to her regarding your daughter. Um, we really felt the wakiness and the heaviness of, of that and the, and the grief that you're experiencing right now in the midst of the challenges. I, too, had COVID. I got pretty sick. I was in the hospital. Uh, but I did not face anything remotely close to what your daughter faces as being in her situation right. and so close to delivering. Um, and, and I recognize that most, most of the people listening, mm-hmm. so many of them are carrying a broken heart for some various issues. The most recent book was, called God Will See You Through This. And I had a discussion with my publisher about the word this being added. God will see you through. Mm-hmm. Said, God will see you through this, because everybody's got a this in their life mm-hmm. that they're going through. Uh, in my particular case, on the day that Carol was diagnosed, I, we knew it was serious. The, the stats looked really bad. But I resolved that night at midnight. I remember what I was sitting in my house at that time. At midnight, she was in the hospital for the first day. I said, I will not follow the advice of Job's wife. I will not curse God and die. Mm. And I will not curse God. I will not blame God for this. I will not assign this. I'll assign this where it belongs to the sinfulness and brokenheartedness of the world and to the enemy who brings heartache, pain, sickness, disease, tears, and death. So I'll assign the blame the right, right place, not on God. The second thing is we learn to press in not only to Him, uh, in a clingy way, but we became very clingy with each other. That six years we fought so hard to save our life was the greatest six years of my marriage. Mm. It was it was it was phenomenal. It was the best six years we ever had, mm. and we would never have had that had it not been for that battle. Now that, that battle of cancer was not ordained by the Lord. I don't believe that. Where He brings He brings life and health and joy and delight. He's a bringer of good things, but. At the same time, we learn, in spite of what the enemy planned for evil, God brought some really good to it. When the moment came she passed, I realized I didn't lose just 50% of me. I felt like I'd lost 95% of me. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was, I was a shell for a while. But then God began to minister. And on day 100, 
I sat down on my computer and I typed these words, she's not coming back. And I have to get up and go on with the Lord and allow the Lord to create new venues for me, new vistas, new dreams, new understanding. And the Lord did eventually bring into my life a Rosemary Schindler uh, by her first marriage. She's related to uh, this related to Oscar Schindler, and she carries the, the Schindler anointing of, of working in solidarity with the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. And we had kind of merged callings and joint anointings uh, that came together. And we've been now been married for uh, seven and a half years, I believe it is. Mm. And, and, and God has just really blessed me. Somebody posted on Facebook once to me. They said, Jim, most people don't find love once, and here you have found it twice. So I, I'm unbelievably humbled before Almighty God. I've been so blessed by this. But my concern is for those who are, can I just pray for those who are listening right now that are carrying broken hearts? Right uh, now? Absolutely, brother. I just feel prompted to do that right now. Father, I don't know who's listening. Mm. But it's just it, their, their pain emotionally is so great, it's registering physically. Mm. They feel a physical pain from the emotional trauma and hurt. Can I ask the Spirit of the living God to go into that person or those persons mm. in the name of Jesus and touch them? May the finger of God go to the wounded arenas in their life, and the salve of the Holy Spirit, the salve of Almighty God, touch those areas, and healing begin to accelerate. Mm. Lord, we pray for that. We call for that right now. We pray healing on everybody. They may be riding in their car, listening in their home, wherever they are. Lord, I pray for someone maybe running on a treadmill in the gym and listening to them. And Lord, I just pray right now that that woundedness be addressed by the almighty, overshadowing presence of the living God. May it actually register within them, even this moment. May they sense his presence in Jesus name I pray amen. amen amen Jim thank you so much for that prayer and I, I know there's people listening you know from every walk of life and Definitely, let me pray for your daughter What's let's do it name? let's do it let's do it Kayla Kayla oh Lord I pray let we lift up Kayla in that hospital room mm. would you superintend that room right now mm. we ask you to just choreograph your way into that room Holy Spirit and, and, and I, I presume she's probably in isolation like I was and so many of us have been. Yeah. Lord, may she not feel isolation. Mm. May she feel insulated by the power of the Holy Spirit, mm. not the isolation. And may she abandon herself into the presence of God in a way that brings peace to it. I pray over that baby right now, mm. that little precious baby about to be born, protection, supernatural protection, and upon mommy, I pray the lungs begin to move, the ruach of God, the breath of God, the God, the wind of God, the pneuma of God, begin to flow into those lungs. Lungs open up. Lungs be healed. Lungs be made well. In yes, the Lord. name of Jesus, we pray over Kayla. Yes, and in Lord. the meantime, encourage her family, encourage her husband, the other children, Dudley, his wife, that are carrying the load of this, other, other members of the family. Mm. Lift them all up, especially that room, yes, and for Lord. the glory of God to settle in that hospital room, even this moment, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jim, thank you so much for that prayer. I'm talking to Jim Garlow, and uh, he just prayed for, really, for everyone who's listening and for my daughter who's up there at the old Holy Cross Hospital fighting COVID. And, um, Jim, all people suffer, correct? Everybody goes through difficult times. I am astounded, the older I get, I'm astounded at the depth and breadth of pain yeah. in this world. It makes, I wrote two books on heaven. It makes heaven really attractive when you see the depth of the pain in this world. This world has so many wonderful things, 
But, oh, my goodness, what Satan and the sin of Adam and Eve and our contribution as sinners on this earth, the cumulative impact of that brings great trauma and pain and suffering and teardrops and death, and it makes heaven and the eternal reality so attractive. Jim, we're just a minute here from a break, but um, I really want to talk about what's going on over there in Afghanistan and your thoughts on that. And um, I've heard so many stories about Glenn Beck and David Barton who have tried to have have been successful at getting people out of there. And I uh, was kind of wondering what you know about that, what you don't know, and what you what you see when you look at everything that happened over there. Um, you know, I really I, I I think there is a debate. There, there is a debate that we can have on whether or not we should have pulled out or not. Um, you know, after being 20 years over there, I feel like, uh, you know, the last 18 months, not a single soldier had, had died. We kind of had figured this thing out. And, um, and then the decision was made to, to get out. And I, and I understand that there comes a point where maybe, maybe we have to. I, I, I'm saying there, has to, there, there can be a decision on that. But I feel like once that decision was made uh, that we're going to get out, that there should have been a, a, a way that we could have done that and, and not had this loss of life and not had the, the suffering that we, we see and the people that have lived there for the last 20 years and how their lives are going to be dramatically changed by us leaving. And uh, all of that is just a little bit confusing for me. And um, we only have about literally about 60 seconds for we have to break, but are, is there are there some things you can share with us after the break? Yeah, I sure can. Do you want me to talk now or wait till after the break? You know, let, let me just let me just read this, and then I'll, I'll we'll talk about this coming right out of the break. But I do want to read, especially since you prayed, and, and we've been talking about your ministry, well versed, where it gives biblical uh, solutions and answers and reasons for certain things and why how we can apply the Word of God to everything that's going on in our life, but. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, and intercession and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and for all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So I want to encourage people, we talk about these topics, but continue to pray for the leaders of your country. This is Dudley Rutherford, the KKLA Afternoon Show from Shepherd Church. We'll be right back after this station break. Oh, no matter what happens, I am never going to stop praising the Lord. Uh, this is Dudley Rutherford of Shepherd Church here in the San Fernando Valley, and I'm your host all week long from 3 to 5 up in uh, San Diego. We're, we'll be with you as well, and I just want to thank you for being with us here today and my dear friend Jim Garlow of Wellversed Ministries, and uh, he's talked a lot about a lot of things today, but I, I, I'm just always uh, impressed by his knowledge of the Word and how well-equipped he is to do the things that God has called him to do. And right before the break, we, we were talking about suffering, and, and uh, Jim, I appreciate your prayers for me and for people who are, are listening today on KKLA, but we wanted to talk just a minute about Afghanistan with our last segment here of this hour. And uh, just looking at all the pictures, I, I think of the plane that was taken off and all the people running uh, alongside them. And, and I, I, so many people in our country take 
freedom for granted and complain about so many different things. And I, I just wish they could go live in one of those countries for one week. It, it, it might change their perspective completely. But when you look over there at Afghanistan and yeah, what are your thoughts as far as how we handled all the things of getting out, withdrawing, and, and what needs to be done moving forward? Well, according to the scriptures, the purpose of government is to protect the citizenry. Rewind. The purpose of government is to protect the citizenry. And Romans 13 says that the government, if it's to function like it's supposed to, is the diakonos, that's the Greek word, mm. diakonos of God. In other words, it's the minister, the servant of God, is to, is to put a stop to evil and reward good. Um, we do not have a government currently that's functioning with that understanding. Consequently, when people try to get out, I, I, I interview. We have a, what's called the World Prayer Network. Here yes, I, I, want, I really want you to talk about that and explain how people can get involved with your ministry, and this is the perfect segue to that. Okay, the World Prayer Network, worldprayernetwork.org. We started a day after the election. We only planned to do one Zoom call. But it took off, and we've now done 81 of them every Wednesday and every Sunday night. And uh, it's at 5 p.m. Pacific time, uh, and we interview many people in government, high level. Uh, tomorrow night we'll be interviewing the state secretary of the country of Hungary. Uh, we interviewed an Orthodox Jew from Israel on understanding global international relations uh, three nights ago, and, and another one from Hungary who's with the Minister of, Just- of Justice there. So we interview people from a global uh, standpoint much much of the time, and about renewal and revival as well. We interviewed an amb- former ambassador, and she told me she was working so hard to get people out. I could see her exhaustion. And she said the biggest problem is the State Department is blocking us. And we've had Bible studies in the U.S. State Department. I'm, I can say a little bit about that. But then we interviewed another guy, high level, former State Department. And the same thing. And then David Barton. David Barton and I co-authored a book together. And Glenn Beck is a good friend. This is remarkable what they've done. Remarkable. And Barton's been over. He may still be somewhere in the Middle East right now. They got 5,100 people out, but they sent call. They sent planes loaded, for example, like the Macedonian, our U.S. State Department, called in and, and told them to refuse them. So they had to start hiding what countries they were going to. This is the U.S. State Department. Under Unbelievable. And, and I didn't. I didn't say it earlier. I said when I, I canceled going to three countries, I said because of COVID. No, I didn't, I didn't want to say then, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now. It's the instability of our current president that caused me to cancel. I don't know what he's going to do next. I don't feel like he's got my backside. And he's not a cover for me if I get in trouble with some other country in the way I've always known the U.S. would do. And we have, we have General Kenneth McKenzie saying yesterday, I was in shock as he actually said, no, we left, we left them behind, but uh, now we're going to start negotiating. We're, it's not over. We'll negotiate. We'll go diplomatic relations to try to get these people out. There are, Some people tell me there are thousands. I don't have a way of verifying that. Right. But people, I'll put it this way. People I trust tell me there are thousands of Americans. Now, I've not heard the final report, so I may be, I may be way behind the news on this one. There were 20 students, not only from California, not only from San Diego, but from my community right here, Cajon Valley School District. 20 and 16 parents that last I heard had not gotten out. Now, I've got to get up to date. and they, Maybe they have. I pray they have. But last I heard, they had not. So to hear, hear General McKenzie make such a statement, or the, some of the things that uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Miller, has said, 
I've been concerned that times Lankin cheese has been used since all last June. I was going, oh, my goodness, this can't be for real. And, and so we have a violation of biblical principles. The number one purpose of government is to protect the citizenry. You and I have never seen the sites this morning, like this morning. We, we, kept, we kept bases in Germany. We kept bases, understandably, in Japan. We, we kept them in Korea. After all those wars ended to bring stability. But we've abandoned everything and turned, as we all know, $90 billion worth of equipment, advanced equipment, over. And so now we're seeing the Taliban all wearing the equipment, the, the, holding the equipment, wearing the uniforms, American uniforms. We've, we've turned this over. This is the epitome of incompetence. We have never, ever seen that level of incompetence in the modern world. They have, they, so have, they have pictures of the Taliban sitting inside the cockpit of some of the helicopters that we left. Oh, yes. Yes. And it, it's, it's, hard, it, it's hard to watch. I, I looked at some of the pictures of, these, of the Taliban inside American-made planes, American-made helicopters, and the Taliban, are, and there was one uh, today, I, I'm sure everyone has seen it, the helicopter with the guy hanging from a, it looks like a noose, underneath the, uh, the helicopter. And that, if that truth proves to be true, I saw that yesterday, and I haven't had a chance to verify that one. You have to verify everything he says. But if that proves to be true, that is a microcosm of the macro problem that we face in the sheer incompetence of the management, not only of our country, but Afghanistan, and in the relationship we have with a number of other governments. I'll give you one example. Hungary, our U.S. State Department, the Biden administration, is aggressively, proactively supporting a candidate against Viktor Orban, the one I just referred to, the Prime Minister of Hungary, who's brought biblical, godly principles. And they're supporting a coalition of a communist and an anti-Semite. That's how, that's how low we have stooped to as a nation. I could tell you about stories like that in countries in Latin America. And so we, the prayer and, prayer and fasting to break the power of the enemy uh, over our nation right now is really critical. Prayer and fasting, and then be highly knowledgeable, become more educated, put more effort to learning. Now, discerning truth is getting harder because there's misinformation and disinformation, wide scale. And so we have to be discerners of truth more than ever and pray for supernatural understanding. What is truth? That's what we... The World Prayer Network, every Wednesday night and Sunday night, we tried to vet guests so, so much so we know we're getting to a truth source when we interview them and they give the report. And people can go to worldprayernetwork.org or they can go to our Facebook page, World Prayer Network, and join us. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be listening, uh, we'll be interviewing this week, as I indicated, Tristan Asbed from Hungary, who is the state, state secretary. And listen to this, his job description, he's a cabinet level, this will encourage people, cabinet level position, and his job description is trying to rescue persecuted Christians from all over the world. Oh this is a country of only 9 or 10 million oh people my. doing this. That's his, that's his job. I've gone over to Hungary for three conferences, and one of them, the last one, was the second uh, conference on, the, on persecuted Christians. That's their calling as, as, as a nation. Hey, 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 Jimmy, I, I've got a heart out here, uh, a break, okay. and uh, I want to thank you so much uh, for being with me today. Again, my name is Dudley Rutherford of Shepherd Church. I'll be your host all week long. And my guest has been Jim Garlow of Wellversed Ministries. And I want to encourage every single person to go to his website, Wellversed, that's with a V, like a Bible verse, Wellversedworld.com. 
www.wellversedworld.org, wellversedworld.org. You can sign up for a newsletter. You'll get uh, a link there to watch their World Prayer Network. It's a worldwide prayer network where he talks to people from all over the world, and they pray. This ministry to to lawmakers, ambassadors, and federal government employees. I want to thank you for being here, and uh, we've got interviews all week long. God bless you here on the KKLA Afternoon Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.